Coming to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't. We thank you so much for hitching a ride along with us today. I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and with me as always are my two esteemed co-hosts. I'm Dave King of the Road. And I am the Lord Ketchum. To end November, we are going to be reviewing Frailty from 2001. I know who the goddamn killer is. The masters of suspense agree. Stephen King calls frailty thought-provoking edge-of-your-seat entertainment. Those were demons. Why can't you see that? The most disturbing horror picture I've seen since The Shining raves Spider-Man director Sam Raimi. Ah! And James Cameron calls it electrified. It'll keep you guessing until the last shot. Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey. Frailty. Only demons should fear me. You're not a demon, are you? A man arrives at the FBI headquarters to discuss with the agent in charge of the God's Hand killer case the possibility that the killer is his brother. Alright. He's not heavy. He's your brother. Speaking <laughs> of heavy, I got an ice-cold Ham's beer I'm about to crack in honor of Bill Paxton. Here we go. Who introduced us to Ham's beer with this movie. Alright, here we go. That's your first ever cracked open beer on live uh, Nostalgia Highway podcast. Enjoy <laughs> that, listeners. All right. Spoilers ahead. Ham's beer ahead. All right. So, this was actually Bill Paxton's directorial debut. This is a closet classic. I mean... It is a hidden gem. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. I think if he were still around, uh, at this point in time, this movie would have been established enough that people would have been seeking him out to direct. I don't like, know. Yeah, I think it had its time, to be honest, dude. You I don't know? think so. I, I think mean, it's picked it's up a movie in popularity it, so. because he has passed away. Actually. It's coming around, I you think. So. And hopefully we're a part of that because man, this movie. I'm oh, telling I, you. I watched this movie when it first came out. Yeah, and, I'm the same man, way. Man, this is amazing. This is a great film. Well, we actually introduced King to yes, this. and yeah. uh, I was, it was surprised. It was one of those, like, you haven't seen Frailty? Well, you need to get on that shit right I've now. I've found hurry. out I'm not the only one that hasn't seen Frailty oh, no. in, in the horror fan. A lot of people haven't. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, like you said, King, it is a uh, it is a lesser known movie. Yeah. Not a lot of people really uh, paid a whole lot of attention to. And uh, Stephen King actually he said that this was the best horror movie of 2001. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, that is what drew me into this movie, and the, uh, and then seeing who was in it, I was like. All right, you have my attention. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bite. Mm. Yeah, this was one of those very pleasant surprise out of nowhere rentals where you just. Uh. Anyways, yeah, if Stephen King gives you a recommendation on a movie, it's worth checking out. I'm usually, paying attention. Yeah, I think yeah for sure. But we open up with this super atmospheric and eerie score. It, I love it. Yeah. it. It just it's got a real. I don't know. There's a. It's Dark, like, sinister. Yeah, but it's like yeah, a, a peaceful, but... almost kind of serene, but it's this very gothic yeah. kind of feel, and it, it just it, it sets the mood. Honestly, it really does. It's almost like Silence of the Lambs type. In yes, a way. good you call. Know? I agree with you, hundred percent. The score nice. comes into that one. So, yep, you're right. We also get another uh, Gone Too Soon in here in this movie, and we have a uh, late. Emmy winner, Powers Booth, who played uh, Curly Bill Brocious in Tombstone. Uh, he was Senator Rourke in Sin City. Jim Jones and the guy on a tragedy. Yep, that's where he won the Emmy, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Uh, but he plays FBI agent Wesley Doyle here. And, uh, I mean, he's done his fair share of schlock. He's done his yep. lowbrow stuff. But 
he he's done a lot of really good movies, and he is just one of those. Again, one of those I kind of refer to is oh he's in this cool. Like yeah. I'm like all right, well this this can't be that bad. Yeah, I remember when Sin City came out, and I was like oh man he's, he's in, in this. this? Cool. This is gonna be great. Heck yeah, he signed on. It's gonna be good. Right, you know? exactly. Willis too. Right, come on. Right. Well, that's a fun movie. I yeah, like that yeah. movie. But uh, he does a great job here. He's the no-nonsense, straight-laced FBI agent. Uh, he Kind of a hard-ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no-nonsense. Yeah, he really is. I think uh, he's a prick, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, very arrogant. Kind of a arrogant asshole. Mm-hmm. Well, not... <laughs> how would you not ra- compare to someone. How would, how would you rate Powers Booth's... On the Malcolm McDowell scale. Yeah, on the Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> on the McDowell's <laughs> the meter. Mal- yes. The McDowell meter. What do you got? I mean, McDowell's at the top of that meter oh. for me, so I'm sorry. We're still going into this. but uh, <laughs> yeah. You started it. I'm not sure he ranks that high. Okay. All, right, All right, fair enough. He's above the middle and below the upper. <laughs> but as we talked about, we both uh, lost Bill Paxton yes. and Powers Booth in 2017. Yeah. Oh, they both died the same year. Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, we open up with uh, Matthew McConaughey, who has since won an Academy Award for his uh, role as Ron Woodruff in the Dallas Buyers Club. Um, he comes into the FBI headquarters there in Dallas, Texas, and seeks out Powers Booth character. And uh, I really like this back and forth. That we get yeah. between them, the dialogue. It's it's I don't know. I don't say it's like Tarantino level because it's just it's just it's very nonchalant. It's very natural, but it's very engaging. It's very I'm, I don't know. It's comparable to a Tarantino conversation. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, agree with that. I mean, it, I don't I never really s- thought of it that way. Actually, it just it kind of gave me that feel, but just it. With Tarantino, usually it's a little more. There's maybe some humor. Or it's lighthearted, or right. you know what I mean. But this, it's very, it's straight it's edge. Good, but right. also, yeah. like Tarantino, you, know. you pick on, you pick up on different things the second time you view it that you didn't the first time. Sure. The fiction, you know, the conversation about his mother. This picture. one too. Yeah, I guess oh, you would. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right, Dave. It is. There you go. Absolutely. You on that? Well, and that was actually intentional from Bill Paxton. He wanted like the movie it. to be like that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he he wanted the movie to be like that, and yeah, you you, you did huh. you did that. This was actually shot over uh, the period of eight weeks in various locations in California. Uh, even though the story takes place in Texas, and when Paxton obviously he cast himself in the, the role of the dad, uh, he wanted the top three billing. He wanted them to all be. Texans and Powers Good idea. and McConaughey and, of course, Paxton himself. They're all from Texas. So, yeah, there's a little bit for, you know, authenticity purposes. And, yeah, it works. Well, I like yes. his acting in this because he's just that almost perfect coach dad, you know, type guy that you want to like. He's really, really relatable. Yeah, all, yeah. Three of these, yeah. all three of these guys are just home runs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Top, just perfect casting choices, in my, my opinion. The kids are well cast too, really. Absolutely. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you guys, when we start to see uh, McConaughey's story when he's telling Doyle, uh, as it's kind of playing out in this uh, like flashback, and honestly, that's his whole narration throughout this, it, it supports that. Do you feel that this is kind of a cheat? Or 
does it serve the story? It serves the story completely. Okay. Sure. It was just a question that it kind of came up to me when I was watching it on this last view. And because it could be in... It, it, I could see where it would be possibly misleading and be potentially viewed as a cheat by a viewer. To me, I, I'm with you. I, I think it serves the story. Yeah. yeah. I accept it. I, I, didn't, I, I get where you're coming from. Okay. And I could see how somebody might be better about that, but I don't think so. I think that okay. it served the story, and that was... Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's something I was curious about, so, okay. Check that box for me. Cool. So we end up doing a time uh, time jump back in 1979, and we actually get a few uh, of these back and forth from present time with McConaughey and Powers Booth uh, in present time and going back to 1979, uh, Thurman, Texas, with, you know, the... Fenton and Adam Meeks and the Bill Paxton character as the father. Um, I, as you kind of alluded to, King, I love the dynamic between these boys with Jeremy Sumter and Matt O'Leary. Uh, you know, even though I've never had a sibling, I, I think that really, they really, I, I, they, I believed it. Like, they were that, brothers. Well, that and I, they did a really good job of, you know, setting the scene, too. You know, they did a really good job presenting, you yeah. know, present day whenever it was like 1979 yeah so yeah they did a really yeah, good it, job the, with that. the dad the son's relationship and the brother's relationship yeah. is genuine yeah and it's yeah i mean you really i mean that's just a really super tight-knit it's family it's genuine yeah, you know, not having a mother respectable you know, so. i mean yeah yeah Dad constantly working, the older older brothers, you know, taking care kind of, of taking the, care of you know, exactly taking care of the house shit and everything. No, I think and that's that, how it was back in the day, you know. Right, and I guess it is nowadays. And but I don't know, it's just a really good connection. Yeah. No, I I think they well casted totally nail that dynamic there. I mean, just to a T. But we end up getting this dinner scene where uh, Bill Paxton and Matt O'Leary and Jeremy Sumter they're having dinner, and when Jeremy Sumter took a bunch of peas, yeah. he was getting a drink of water, and he kind of got choked up. Did you see Bill Paxton? Like, he kind of glares at him. Like you're messing this up or something? Or? Yeah, well, and that's yeah. what it was, because I guess that that day of shooting, they were being boys right. on set, and kind of getting on Bill's last nerve, and he was getting fed up with them. <laughs> so that is like straight up, like, don't, yeah, don't screw this up. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, they're getting paid. You know, right, so. but and since he's you're on the job, and, right. and probably you know the head editor, he's like, I'm gonna leave that in because it was genuine. <laughs> yeah, was probably, really, probably, yeah. because I remember when I saw it for the first time, like I, I noticed that he choked up on the water because I was thinking like, oh maybe this is going, oh it's gonna be where I have a choking water scene or right? yeah, yeah I don't know, yeah. but and you, I saw Paxton look over, I'm like, oh okay we're just gonna roll with it, and then I actually this was back in the day when I would actually watch the movie with the director's commentary. And that's mm -hmm. how I found that out. Oh, that's right. Cool. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, so there's uh, there's that little fact. nugget, and we end up getting our first Ham's beer sighting, and this oh, is yeah. where it all kicked off. Yeah, this is uh, where the love for uh, Ham's beer came for the King and I. And how refreshing is a cold Ham's beer? As refreshing as the land of sky blue waters. Cool, refreshing Ham's. Ham's the beer refreshing. Ham's the beer refreshing. Yeah, For one day you know. were in the gas station and sent me a text of, hey, man, they're selling Ham's beer here. And we're like, yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go get some. <laughs> yep. yep. I bought it and I tried it out. And 
I gave you a review mm-hmm. of the Ham's beer, and it's kind of like it's... It's not bad. It's not the greatest beer. It's your world, granddad's it's, beer. Yeah, it is yeah. granddaddy beer. It's your granddad's beer. It's it's a it's a cheap beer, but yeah. it doesn't taste horrible. Like three sixty eight is the Dollar General for a six-pack of the tall cans. Like, I get, I think you can get a 30-pack <laughs> of can of the 12-ounce mm-hmm. cans for, like, 14 15 bucks. Yeah, it's I mean, not bad. Yeah. And I'm saying, like, and honestly, it's not an... I mean, it is a cheap beer, it but it's not... 10 bucks at Walmart. Like ten ninety nine for a thirty pack. Oh I'm wow! Serious, well, yeah. I, don't, I try not to go to Walmart if I yeah. can. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but yeah, so Ham's beer is kind of it, it's kind of become a thing for us. And anytime any of us are watching a movie, yeah. and it, we'll but, take we'll take a screen we'll like take a picture of like the movie <laughs> or like guess what I see. And I think the last time I saw something, and it was funny because it's a movie I'd seen a lot of times, and it's one of those so bad it's good, and I I don't know, for whatever reason I'm drawn to it, it's uh, Chopping Mall. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there hams? Yeah, in that? when they do, yeah. when they're having their little after, a little party, you know, amongst oh, okay. themselves, they have like a, like a hams light or something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, There's I a hams light? Yeah, it's like a different <laughs> color, it's a different, it's the same style, but it's different color. Okay. But I saw, I was like, son of a bitch, it's in there too, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so anytime we well, see any Ham's beer in a movie, <laughs> we make sure we tell them, like, hey, guess what? This is in this. I'm right. going to be honest, I was probably the only person in the theater that popped on uh, the new Pet Cemetery, the remake. Oh, that's right, you when, told me. Yeah, when old boy picks up a Ham's beer, and I'm like, oh! And, you know, it's crickets, everybody in the theater looking at me, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> what the fuck is that wrong with this guy? That was just for me, sorry. Highway. Yeah. Hitchhikers, yeah, man, we love Ham's beer. Yeah, it became a thing. Ham's beer. Well, we drink and drive to Ham's beer on the highway. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) from the view of our basement, yeah, right. Oh yeah. (laughs) But Paxson actually used the same Ham's beer can uh, throughout the entire filming because it was the only one the crew could find from 1979. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice, like you know, he's opening the beer, the tear top. It's yeah, yeah the old rip back. That's right. Yeah. All that was done off screen, and it was sound effect. You never saw the can uh, being open. Heck yeah, yeah. Good. So, hey, movie magic, me. movie magic, right, right there. You know. So they, uh, the boys, they have a millipede. Uh, well, it's a centipede. It actually is a millipede, and they named it Curtis. Uh, McConaughey named it, <laughs> and uh, it's actually the name of the man that follows Agent Hull into the sheriff's office at the end of the movie. He's named Curtis also. Oh, okay. Cool. I didn't but know that. I love the nostalgia that we get in their room with oh, all the man. talk about going to the theater and seeing meatballs, meatballs. and the Warriors, yeah. the the Houston Oilers pennant, the old Dallas Cowboys pennant. Uh, actually, in the original script, uh, instead of the Warriors, it was going to be Alien. Oh, man. That would have been sweet. And, but what? Paxton wanted to avoid it because he was in Aliens. Right. Man, he, he, still, didn't, he, he didn't want to. I, I know he didn't want to Easter egg himself. Basically, ah, that's all right. It's still it's fine. I'll allow it. Uh, oh yeah, Bill definitely. Paxson can do no wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, I love I love seeing that those old school pennants and the old Houston Oilers. Yeah. And yeah, that was cool. I love that. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's filmed really well. It's you authentic. Know, you, know, you believe it's in the late yeah, '70s, man. Yeah. I mean, it, they it did really a really is. good job finding shit. And I agree. Making, Setting the tone of the scene. I think the first time I saw Bill Paxton was in uh, Titanic. And I mean, I'm ashamed. Really? I'm ashamed to say that, but you know, it had to be weird science for me. 
Well, I had seen weird shots, but I don't think I connected to. I mean, that's. I mean, to be honest, dude, it might be the Terminator. I'm, I'm not sure if I saw like aliens well, or anything it like be, that. Was, yeah, because it's a very small part. But I didn't even know it was him. Right. You know? That's where I'm at. I didn't know his character. I mean, I think I saw level. like. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I saw Terminator when I was really young. I was too. How much is like, he in Terminator? Really young. Like, I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. I'm he's one of the punks in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, so he's just a... laundry day. Nothing clean, right? Nothing clean, right. Your clothes, okay. give them to me. See, I mean, but... You Screw know. you, asshole! <laughs> or does he say fuck Nobody you? would okay. really yeah. remember you, that as you, their asshole. first experience. Yeah. Well, right, and that's what, that's, what, that's what the Lord's saying. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, for me, I, I think it's when he played Chet in Weird Science. Right, yeah. Okay. He's such a dick. He was. <laughs> he was good, but he was good. Yeah, he, he was yeah. really good at it. Yeah. Bill Paxton, dad, he ends up getting a vision from an angel in the middle of the night and tells him that wake up boys wake up we gotta we gotta we're gonna start killing demons that's right you know. we kind of like superheroes dad <laughs> i love how that i love that i love yeah, that yes we are <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna cast them out of this world but i love o'leary's skepticism the look on his face just the way he's looking like the fuck are you talking well, you gotta about? think you know you just woke up right you know, yeah your dad's talking all kinds of crazy, right? You know? Yeah, Jesus, talking about being chosen by God to, yeah. you know, uh, okay. demons and stuff. But no. I just, I love, I love the way he he just looked. And then the next morning when he wakes up that and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I it just, it's good. I really, I really like it." But it's just weird, you know, how young Adam he's just, you know, all acting all cool in the morning, like nonchalant, nothing happened and shit. Oh, yeah, and, just you know, normal. And did that as well, you know. We're going to be superheroes. Yeah. yeah. He's excited. Awesome. Yeah. And I don't understand why Finn didn't get on board with that thinking. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, we're going to be superheroes. It's I crazy talk. Been like, you it know, is what? crazy talk, dude. That sounds like that could be a lot of fun. But, okay, so Paxton, you talked about a king. I, I agree with you. I think he is great as a yeah. father figure in this. Uh, you genuinely believe that he's a dad that wants what's best for his boys. But is he crazy, or really, really is he really this avenger of God? You oh, know, and all lunatics who say it, you know, right? <laughs> Again, on first viewing, you have a different opinion of this than you do on the second viewing. Yeah, yeah, it's another thing. But one thing that I don't know, I feel that was just captured perfectly in this is how this movie portrays the claustrophobia of being a child. And what I mean by that is like, okay, you're you're taught to trust your parents, right? Right. They're your A number one. Like, but you what know, happens when exactly? You almost can't, you're like, mm, but what I do you what, what do you do when there's this irrational, uh, unexplainable behavior? What you know, it's coming from the behavior that you know from the parent that condones violence, and like, what do you do there? Right. And just trapped. I'm, yeah. Trapped, very right? trapped and I feel like it it totally depicted and portrayed it perfectly yeah and again I think that is a that's a huge credit to it with tomato Leary. yeah definitely dude um I mean did well again kids and you know I mean I don't know if this is nice it's I guess what we call it a psychological horror this yeah a thriller a thriller yeah I mean I think those all are with drama yeah it's a drama but you know going with you know Suspense, kids and, yeah, suspense. Okay, yeah. there you go. 
a suspense thriller. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a straightforward. Yeah, I, I don't think it's no. Just I don't either. You know, it's nothing like that. It kind of touches. It, it touches on a lot of little things, but crime drama. We're we gonna keep doing this. Or? Crime drama. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a nice mashup. Yeah. Crime <laughs> drama thriller. All right. <laughs> okay, but McConaughey is a fantastic storyteller as our narrator. Well, man, this. he's just got that voice, you know. Yeah, just exactly. That, His guess. pacing, draw. that drawl. It is. It is. Uh, this is long before he was the actor that we know today and before he won his Academy Award. But, I mean, it, it, this is a testament to how good of an actor he is. Dude, he was on fire around this time, in my opinion. You know, like he did this in A, in a, a Time to Kill, which is a fantastic oh, yeah. movie. Well, a Time to Kill was before. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right, but, like, yeah. in this era, no, dude, he, was, you know, he was killing it right here. Yeah, and but it's he like wasn't. like year, you know. He was one of those guys that was always cast in the movie. He wasn't like the guy right. quite yet, but he he was absolutely known. I mean, he got top billing if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and, and he wasn't Jackson. having to do all right, all right, all right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. But no, yeah, it's just. Oh, I mean, he just draws you in. At least yeah. for me, he does. Yeah. Like you just, I, I'm I'm hanging on every. Word. That's what makes those saying. Lincoln commercials so good, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just that voice. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you. And then Bill Paxton knew it. He's like, "Damn, your oh, yeah. voice is good, and you're from Texas. You're on. Let's do this." No Stays in the picture. <laughs> but did you all know that the uh, the axe that Bill Paxton ends up? Uh, yeah, the, the angel says, the you know, you're going to acquire three weapons. Yes. You know, to, de to defeat demons yep. and everything. And uh, the first one was this axe that was inscribed up at the very top of the handle with Otis. Otis. Which is a really cool scene, you know. He's just driving along the highway, or, you know, the, the back roads, I guess. And, um, no, you're right. In this barn. The highway. Oh, no, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's my highway. It's our highway. <laughs> Hashtag it's our, our highway. highway. Hashtag <laughs> our highway. All right, all right, all right. And he sees this barn, you know, and it's really cool, you know, the 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 sun yeah. shot right, you know, on it. Yeah. I guess if you you know had supposedly seen something like that, draw to you, you know. Yeah. And you know, at that point, you know, you start to question it. Well, I mean, that's kind of weird. Yeah. That a yeah. uh, axe is just sitting there in the sunlight, you know, out of the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is and this starting to be true? Gloves, Maybe. Yep. With you know? Otis inscribed in the handle. Yeah. And it's just a regular axe. You know, with Otis inscribed. Yeah. And you get regular gloves. And now, a lot of people believe... And a pipe. Uh, Because, <laughs> like, in uh, the cat, the credits, Paxton's character, he's just dad. Yeah. And yeah. some people believe that Otis was his name. That's not mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. uh, some other people, they felt that it was an acronym for only Maybe the, the innocent, innocent survive. survive. Uh, that's actually not true either, but I love that one. Sure. Because that's... Totally fits. Whoever yeah. come up with that, thumbs up to you. Yeah. Um, but, story goes, uh, Paxson wanted the axe to be unique and have a personality of its own, and he got the name from a homeless man that he met while he was in Pasadena, California, who was named Otis. And Paxson actually paid the man for the use of his name. Yeah, because he I, wouldn't accept a free handout. Yep. Yep. That's it. Cool story. That's awesome. Bill Paxson, super cool guy. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Neat little story there. But I do like the only the innocent survive, yeah. though, because that yeah. totally works. But he, he the the third weapon is a... Just a pipe. pipe. Yep. yep. 
It's the lead pipe from the clue. From clue? <laughs> yeah. Colonel Mustard. <laughs> it was the, the dad. Observatory. <laughs> Conservatory. It was the dad with the gloves and the pipe <laughs> and the axe. <laughs> In the shed. <laughs> Wrong. Shit. Game over. But since this is a very much a less is more type movie, what are your guys' thoughts on the angel reveal from underneath the car when Paxton's working on it? Did did we need that? Yeah, next vision, yeah. Right, did we need that? Because that's when he got the list of names. The list of names, yeah. The seven demons or something like that. Um, I mean, it's obviously fake. Right. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Be- because I really liked what they did with the trophy when he got his first. Right. That was good, and you just see his facial reaction. I like that, because that's very less. is more... Maybe budget constraints. He wanted to actually put it right there, but, you know. Okay. But it's a really cool scene, too, because, you know, you hear all the background and when they're working on the cars right. and everything, all the grinding and everything, and then you cut to him just looking up, and it's this, you hear this fiery sword, you know, yeah. of justice just fucking flaying you know, right next to him and everything. Right. And then you still see like all the sparks yeah. coming out yeah. him and no it's, I, and it's 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 even louder and stuff, you know, and he's just it, it's it, I like it. I'm okay. down with it. Alright. What about you, King? What do you think about that scene? I mean, do you think it was necessary um where we got to see the yeah, avenging the angel. angel? Uh I I kinda think so. Yeah, I wanted to yeah, I wouldn't have been happy with this movie if I hadn't <laughs> had a little bit better explanation. I mean, that was that was what we got. Okay. I mean, is he really seeing angels, you know? I felt like the angel had a remarkable resemblance to Matthew McConaughey with a majestic AF curly, you know, head. Hmm. Huh. It, it did look similar to Matthew McConaughey. Huh. Look like something from the 16, Sistine Chapel. Yeah, I'm right. not saying something it like that. Spot on you know. Matthew McConaughey. No, I like, see what you're saying. Though. I yeah. made a resemblance to that. Okay. My mind, so I don't know if it's important or if it's just me. Because I'll be honest with you, this is the only scene that I've ever really kind of like. Did I did I need to see this? Because it is, because you said obviously fake, but I feel like it, the transition is well done. The presentation where all the Real life sound is blocked out, right. but it's still happening. Right. Uh, th- that's cool. It's uh, and I think that's a reason why I'm. I don't know, but like I guess, if I had to pick a scene that I was on a nitpick over, I think this would be it. It's just cool because you know the sword you know lays upon uh, down to him, right. and then it, sudden brightness of light, and, and then, then you've, immediately, you've, you've, right you've immediately now. got your names. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I like it. It's cool. not bad. All right. I just want to ask. Give because... you that because you don't know if he's going crazy or anything, you know, so gives you a chance to see what he sees. So then obviously he shares this list and tells the boys and um, this leads up to a scene where I, I think it's kind of creepy. It's very subtle, but it's a very, you know, it's a very childlike, you know, uh, approach to it, obviously. But the scene where young Adam, who is uh, Jeremy Sumter, he has his own list of demons that he tries telling <laughs> right. his dad about. <laughs> when I first saw this movie, I, I kind of just laughed at it. You know, I was just, I was like, "This is hilarious." It's, you know? it, it, yeah, I mean, it's a <laughs> chuckle worthy. But if you really think about it, it's that's kind of that's creepy it's eerie, and dark, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you you understand where I'm coming from? I was like, from. man, it's just it's it's I guess it's, it's unsettling. Yeah, it is kind of unsettling. 
But I kind of like my humor that the power of right. just you know the of influence. <laughs> Bill Paxton says it best. You know, mm. he's like, um, destroying demons is good. Killing people's bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. The first demon kill, uh, the burial scene, uh, which is the nurse, which was Cynthia Harbridge. That's chilling. Yeah, it's a um, woman. Just how calm Paxson is with the boys while he's doing. He's still this. trying to figure it out, you know. Yeah, you way. can tell he's you know, fe- he yeah just... he's feeling his way through this, but he has a pretty like he has his marching orders, you know. Right. Um, he but, wears the gloves, right? To pretty much block the demon from touch until you know? the reveal. Right. You take the gloves right. off. Lay your hand upon him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. Reveal with, your sins. And, and just, I don't know, there, there's just really something kind of creepy about that. And then when they're in the Rose Garden and he's telling Adam, you know, oh, you got to do it how the angel said. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, again, that, that the power of suggestion, it's just, that is creepy, man. And it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, the kid's dumping literally the woman's head. Yeah, out of a bag. Body you know, parts. He's like, no, not not like that. Order to this, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, the angel was very specific on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling <sighs> you, man. That's 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 All creepy. Meanwhile, Fenton's over there, just yeah, like, just, what the, the hell, hell yeah. just happened? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, absolutely, my God. absolutely. Well, it's game over now. You know, right? I mean, you're you're in it. Yeah. It's not. It's We're not. Superior. It's no longer just talk. You know, yeah. we are actually doing this shit. Right. But did you all know that uh, this is actually loosely based upon uh, uh, an actual uh, case uh, that was in America from Joseph Callinger? Uh, with his 13-year-old son, Michael, they tortured four families, and they killed three people in New Jersey between 1974 and 1975. Uh, Callinger, he pleaded insanity and claimed God told him to kill. He's not the first person to say it either. You know? No, no. And it's, sadly, it's an won't be the last. Yeah, no more than likely, no. Was. Yeah, it's or a cop out, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, there's always that aspect of it, but yeah, I mean, it's just like while this is, I mean, it, there's this is it's a, this is a dark movie. Yeah, yeah, it's really dark. It's grim. It's almost dreamlike in a way. We end up transitioning back to present time with McConaughey and Powers Booth, and uh, we end up getting a car ride to the Thurman Rose Garden, where, where all the bodies are buried. Right, and uh, that was all shot on a soundstage. Really. And Bill Butler, who was the cinematographer for Deliverance, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Jaws, uh, he was the director of photography here. Uh, he cleverly had other crew members shake and rock the car paired with props and moving lights to give the illusion that they were in a car and sold me nailed it yeah nailed it when i found that out i was like wow i'll actually watch that on the behind the scenes right uh featurette on the dvd yeah, they did a good job oh it was great totally believable it was great powers booth in that scene is just i don't know him talking because he's got that certain way he talks. You and know? He's, kind and of he's, got a, he's always he's got a looking weird forward, glare at but he's, you. He's peering up yeah, in the rear He's always view. got a weird glare, and he's just got a uh, almost a, a very strong ego about him when he talks. He's one of those guys, so. you never 
even if he is like a quote unquote good guy, he he's one of the you have a hard time trusting him. Right. Yeah. And I think that is a that's a testament to him as an actor, in my personal opinion. Because he, he I don't know. Again, I see his name in the credits, I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good with this. But uh we end up going back to nineteen seventy nine and we get a the second demon abduction slash kill. Uh, this was the old man pedophile child abductor. Sure, what it looked. Something along those lines. It was never it really explained, but everything was just kind of implied and it was very it was very ambiguous. It was left very open. Well, I mean, yeah. But uh, this was the... It's, it's ins- I guess it's ensued whenever, you know... He- it's kind of weird because Bill Paxton uses one of the kids as bait. Yeah. Uses Fenton as a bait, you know, to yeah get this guy. Which they abduct in broad daylight. Yeah. Which, you know, Bill Paxton says, well, God will protect us, you know. Yeah. That's, That's- pretty arrogant almost, you know. It's... You start to see this change in Dad's right. behavior, and I'll tell you that van scene with them sitting in there, and we get that POV of Fitton sitting in the passenger seat, and he's looking Going over at Dad. He's and... he's looking at a book, and then he looks over, and you know we see Edward March coming out, and then he looks over at Dad. And he's looking up. He's, he's already, already looked up. He's already him. on it. Oh, that is so good. And then his hesitation and his, like, you could tell, like, because he's, he's terrified. He does not want to get out of the van, and he does not want to do this. He, I know he's thinking, you know, he's just praying that, okay, Dad, just keep your head down. Keep, just keep your head down. Yeah. Just let this guy maybe, go. Maybe he'll miss. You know? yeah. yeah. Exactly. Again, and then that, you, that claustrophobia like, of a childhood, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. It, it, it's captured well. It is creepy as hell, that whole scene. And like you said, using... A child as essentially bait to lure, you know, this guy in. Oh man, it, yeah, dark movie. He clocks his ass with the lead pipe. Yeah, he does. Boom. Uh, He's but playing that guy uh, is that his name in real life is Vincent Chase, and that was Bill Paxton's longtime acting coach. Really? Yep. Huh. That's cool. Fucking cool, man. And he hit him in the head with a lead pipe. Yeah. <laughs> it was hey. Trump. God protected him. <laughs> God will protect me. But we end up getting a father that is so desperate to save his son's faith that he works him mercilessly in the hopes that his faith will be restored by praying for help to finish this job of digging this gigantic hole in their backyard to basically build this dungeon, more yep. or less. Uh, I want to ask you guys, and I'm pretty sure I already know what your answer is here, Lord, but um, did your dads ever make you guys work <laughs> shit out through hard manual labor when you were a kid? That's hilarious, Matt. Of course my parents did. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm pretty sure I know the answer I to this. I chopped so much wood in my life. I knew it was wood, too. I knew it was chopping wood. I have no story for this, so I will let you tell that one. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah, dude. I always we had wood heat growing up. That's right. That's and right. uh they in the summertime and the chopping summertime. wood all the time, man. Stacking chopping wood, stacking chopping wood. My right. friends would be literally across the street like, "Catch him, let's go." And I'm like, "I fucking can't. I got to chop fucking wood." <laughs> it sucks. You're like lame. It is lame. Right? <laughs> yeah. My cousin yeah. was probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I need to find a chore like uh, that around here for my kids. But, it's, you know, it, it beat doing wood in the cold. You know, oh, yeah. But, that would suck. So you had to get ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. I ain't saying I was totally spoiled, but I don't think I ever had to Okay. do a like, punishing chore. It wasn't like necessarily punishment. It was a survival thing. It was a necessity, you know. It's just, yeah. just the way it was. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it sucked. I didn't get a whole, whole lot of help. Right. You know. For me, um, we ended up, um, I don't know if you guys remember my house on Bird Street. Uh, you might remember better than what you would, Lord. Um, but when we first moved in, we had that huge ditch that went all the way to the other side where, uh, in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And we ended up filling that in, like probably around the time when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything. I remember that house. I remember uh, okay, that house. okay. Um, down behind where the garage was, mm-hmm. we had to put in a drainage pipe. And that is the summer that I learned that I hate digging holes. Yeah. So I can relate to this and there were other things uh yard work was a typical thing there was a summer we built a shed from the ground up uh god i got yelled at so many times that summer (laughs) i'm telling you what that you know when i was watching this film the amount of work he got done that first day he he did it without gloves and all that shit he busted busted his hands you know like crazy um there's no way in hell I could dig that much in a day. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah, he repped it out for sure. But Yeah, this guy, he I mean this kid, you know, he really did a fantastic job, Matt O'Leary. But I remember in those moments of me doing this manual labor as a kid, I remember my defiance through my willpower of like, yeah, I'm gonna power through this. Yeah, yeah. Just in spite of you, oh, old yeah. man. So I totally can relate to that. Again. The gen, the just how genuine this is, you know. I, it, oh God, they nail it. They nail it. They mm-hmm. really do. So he digs a hole, right? Fifteen foot by fifteen foot. Yeah, which is fucking gigantic. crazy, <laughs> right? Um, it's a big they, ass for like a twelve, thirteen year old kid, right? And then they end up rolling a big ass shed over it. Yep, and build a a dungeon. All right, more or less. Which is crazy, you know. And the At whole that point, man, you know. Bill Paxson's telling him, you know, you need to pray. You know, you. I bet you didn't pray once, did he? Nope, no, sure didn't. Like, nope. Just fighting his dad all the way. I, and Fuck again, your God. I, <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the whole time, Fenton is trying to convince Adam to run away. Like, he's crazy. Dad has yeah. lost his mind, you know. And yeah. he even, at one point... All, he goes to the sheriff's department. He's across the street. He's standing there. He's debating, going in there. And he runs off. Again, that claustrophobia. I mean, just you gotta being break trapped. Right? Every kid's got a breaking it. point. Yep. You know? The third demon kill didn't go quite as planned. You can feel the cold in Bill Paxton's eyes when he tries to hand the axe off to uh, Matt O'Leary yeah. in the dungeon. Uh, before he ends up running off to the sheriff's station and actually ends up telling. just I, I'm telling you, there's so many subtleties about this movie that it it makes this movie. Yeah. It really does. And I think it really is that dynamic of the of with Bill Paxton and Sumter and O'Leary. Mm-hmm. You know, as as tight knit as those three are, mm-hmm. 
it is equally as tight with Powers Booth and McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. But man, I mean, I like this movie because it's so. There's not very many people cast in this movie, you know. It's, it's so you get a lot. Numbers. Everybody's getting a lot of screen time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And these boys, cool. they get a lot of it. Yeah. They really do, and they do. They do great. But O'Leary's desperation to uh, the Sheriff Small's character is played by Luke Askew. He was Boss Paul and Cool Hand Luke. It, it's believable. Easy Rider. Yeah, he yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. But did you catch the grin on Fenton's face when he finally gets the sheriff to come to his house? He's like, there's this moment of relief, this wave yeah. of relief comes over. He's like, finally, somebody believes yes. somebody's going to see this crazy shit that's going on at my house oh, and yeah. what Dad's doing. Praying to God it'll stop. Right. <laughs> not, not necessarily praying to God, I guess. So. <laughs> but just hoping yeah. that. But I love that. Oh, yeah. I, I I think that's again the the subtle things you know yeah absolutely well if it has to be done it has to be done what do you think kiddo does it have to be done but that look that Paxton gives him when he says that wow I mean the tone is set I mean at all costs you know dad is going to protect. His season. actions, yeah, yeah, you know, and Protect his duties. I, I think it's also worth mentioning at the end in the sheriff kill scene that Paxton reacts in a way that he doesn't when he kills his quote unquote demons. One hundred percent regret and just vomits. Yeah, just you look what you made me do. You made me kill a man. You made me commit murder. <sighs> I've seen you do it. I thought you know or whatever. You know, it's just very intense. That it is little exchange. It is. Know? It really is. But I really love the uh, the fading into darkness O'Leary does when they're in there and he they're down in the dungeon. He just kind of backs away, and you just kind of see his face, and it just kind of goes in the darkness. Awesome metaphor. It's great timing. Uh, I, I, the believability from Bill Paxton of reacting how you know I guess someone would after committing murder. I don't know. I think it's awesome. O'Leary matches it very well, and then when Paxton picks up that axe. Oh yeah, where he's when they're in the rose garden. I, I mean, he almost did it again, you know. Yeah, when Bill Paxson calls for O'Leary to come into the shed before he locks him in that dungeon, that conversation that's haunting. Um, you you just you don't really know what's going to happen, you know, with what we just saw in the rose garden where he picks up the axe and he's like, Dad, don't, you know, and I mean, it it's 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 to a. Yeah, it's at a high level right now. I mean, I tensions never, are mounting. I can never do that to my kid. I can tell you that much. And Paxton was really Man. uncomfortable doing that scene where he takes you know the O'Leary, Matt O'Leary and he pushes him down the cellar. And I guess he straight up said, "I don't like doing this scene." He didn't like it at all. <laughs> Made him uncomfortable. But well, yeah, again, it just very dark. But when he goes back to check on. Uh, Fenton in the dungeon. I think it's powerful because, you know, Paxson's, you know, dad's faith has superseded a father's love for a son. And while Fenton has turned cold and hateful towards, you know, his God, you know, and then we get that scene where he opens it up and he's like, has God spoken to you yet? And then he just kind of looks up and he's like, there is no God. Just slams it. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Awesome. Wow. 
No response. Callous. No answers, you know, back. He just okay. hammers the fucking nails down. Hammers the nails in, man. Yeah. God. Ugh. And it's crazy, too. It's it's well shot, you know, the light above. Because once that last nail goes in, it just... There's always a little bit of light left, you know? Yeah. But every nail, the light just gets smaller, you know? A little, yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that you really don't know who is really who, who is, you know, what, what the truth really is, what are lies. I, I think this is all just phenomenal storytelling in this. Um, who knows how long they stayed down there, you know? Seventh day. Seventh days. I think, wasn't seven it? Seventh days. Was it, I think? Yeah, it was a week. Uh, he okay. was going to go for two, and then... Okay. Well, he wasn't answering. That's right. right. Because he kind of went to, you know... Yeah, just... Delirium. Right. Mm. So he ends up letting him out and, you know, he says... Well, he, he obviously, God. he's completely, you know, dehydrated and malnourished at this point. You know, yeah. This is a necessity. A survival. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but again, He's not going to kill his kid, you know. I don't think... I don't know. Well, this kid's not he gonna thought about it. I get you. I get you. But, I mean, like, I don't... Once he put him down there, I don't think it, it wasn't meant to kill him. I at mean, that the point. angel even it's told punishment, him that he you know? he should be afraid of him because right. he's a demon. But he didn't want to believe it, you right. know. Which I think that's a natural reaction of a father to a to a child, you know. But that's even what I'm if saying. You did believe it. There comes a point where you draw a line, <laughs> right? A child. Like I, I can't do this. Yeah, you know. Even though you know he is, you know. Head over heels. Yeah. He is all in in this. You know, I mean, he's yeah. hook, line, and sinker. Uh, that's the line. That's tough. That's tough. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I love how there's so much. You just there's you don't know, right. you know, and that just keeps you going in this movie because you just you want to get that payoff. And that you was do. the genius in this movie. Was yeah, the mm-hmm. holding back on things you're like wanting to see that you right. You because, know, you need to know because is Fenton? Did he really see God? Is he right. is he just playing survival at this point? Right. You know, but uh, you know, we end up going on to the what would be the fourth demon, which is the Brad White from Dallas, and he reminds me so much. He he looks like a real life Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, and the way he talks yeah. too. Yeah. He he really does. I never does. saw it that way, but man, that's spot on actually. <laughs> yeah, like if there's supposed to be a live action Beavis from yeah. Beavis, that that it's him. It's that guy. What an asshole! Yeah, he was. This guy deserves it. You know, this is, yeah, this is the out one. of all the all the demons prior. This is the one I would say. Yeah, okay, this is a demon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he gets my thumb up. Kill him for sure, oh, man. But they take him back to the dungeon. Uh, there was a little struggle there. Probably some broken ribs for Dad. I'd say yeah. with the was that a tire iron. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, was, he took a little bit of a. I, that yeah. guy's definitely been to prison or so. Yeah, <laughs> a few times. Ain't his first rodeo. What causes him to attack? I don't really understand. Well, that exactly. Fenton was um, in the background and he knocked yeah, he something knocked over. over. Yeah. and then but that at that one? point, Bill Paxton had a he had a, the light out. You're right yeah. behind him, and he turned around and seen like, it, the and then he grabbed. And he had already right. had the tire iron because that's what Bill Paxton right. asked yeah. him for. Yeah. You know. Okay. Because he had a flat tire, supposedly. I guess you know? I, so. You know, then he smacked his ass. He I, remember, his I remember it going that way now, but I, I guess it was kind of the first, on first viewing. It was not as obvious. But they get Bravis or <laughs> Bravis, yeah, Brad Beavis White 
back to uh, <laughs> back to the dungeon. Bravis. <laughs> yeah, Bravis. I don't even know what the hell that was. Jesus, Bravis. Bravis. But anyways, uh, you. I don't know. I guess you kind of. I don't know. Depending upon where your head was when you first watched this, maybe you had a feeling Fenton was going to do what he did. I wasn't quite mm. sure. I mean, obviously, I mean it was. 50-50. Right. Mind, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Less, yeah. You know, but man, it when cuz he happened, looked pretty serious, you know. I mean, when cuz it's a good shot, do, you know, cuz yeah. it just opens up, he just got the axe, you know. Yeah. He's staring down he the, steps the up demon and, and uh, Yeah. But like it, it And Bill Paxton, you know, you, you can see it in his eyes. It he's kind of still questioning it, but he's a proud father. Yeah, he's very proud though at this point, you know, taking up the the axe. the axe. <laughs> yeah. And if right. nothing else, he's he's because he's not wanting to believe it. He's defiantly forcing his son to change his ways. So that I mean, you know, that's another take. You're you're a parent. If you accept that this kid is a demon and he needs to die, you're going to try and correct him rather than let him be killed later. I think I already kind of know by what you guys have said, but for me, I think in this moment he totally believes. His he believes his son is in right. You I guys, I would say aren't... he's more on the believing side. I would agree as well. Okay, but there's still some um, skepticism about it. See, oh, this I, is I, a I, test. This is a test. I, I think he's all in. I, I really do. Right on. I feel like he's testing. Friend. Okay. Fair sure. enough. Yeah. Okay. But like even even still, I mean, when you see it, it is a shock. You know. Uh, the the heartbreak you, you you see heartbreak in Paxson's eyes when he's laying there dying, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Sticks it's just shining style, you know. Just you know, right in the chest. Scatman Scatman Scott, Scott uh, blood know. scene in the movie, isn't it? This is the only like for the uh, most part. Yeah. Well, the sheriff. Yeah, think, yeah, that's fair. Too. Yeah, but, but it's, I, mean, I mean, it's it's minuscule. blood is minimal. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so minimal in this. Everything is minimal in this. <laughs> and dry, for it. dry. I like the way you put that. But yeah, th- th- that heartbreak when he's whispering to Adam. You know, I mean, I, I swear he he dies in everything. Almost everything he's in, he really does. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, he he really does. But Twister, he didn't die in Twister. He didn't die in Twister. And he died in Titanic too. Did he? Oh, yeah, Titanic yeah. 2, yeah. Oh, Titanic 2. Yeah, he went oh, down with the... Uh, I have that was... not seen... Ti- There's a Titanic 2? There is there? a Titanic 2, oh, but it doesn't have Bill Paxton. It's got oh, Barry yeah. Bostwick in it, oh, though. It wasn't Bill Paxton? Is he playing no. Bill Paxton's character? No, I, it's like they make a <laughs> cruise liner that's supposed to take like the same exact... It's like a replica of the Titanic. Well, hold on, hold on. And they take it... Hey, spoiler Matt, alert. Don't, Matt, don't ruin it for me. I might check it out. obviously know more about this movie than I do, because I just... Totally making that show. No, there is a Titanic too. Okay. Look it up. It's on Tubi. I know this, but I mean, okay. the fact oh, that you Tubi. know more Sweet. about it than the fact well, yeah, that because, there is a Titanic too, which is all I know about it. Well, because I'm so morbidly curious, I was like, okay, how much of a shitter is this? Because I was it is literally clearly a shitter. <laughs> grabbing information from my ass on that. I, I don't have any information. You had way more information about that movie than I did. Yeah. All right, so Bill Paxton dies in Titanic 2. No, actually. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he lives in Twister. I pulled that out of my ass. Right after this shock, we get another shock. Yeah. We get young Adam, full-blown, taking out Beavis. 
Yeah, yeah. which was freaking cool. I did not see that yeah, coming at no, all. not at But, I mean, all. you know, yeah. throughout the whole movie, you know, he was always, you know, an advocate for his dad. Yeah, he was all in. Know, yeah. So. No, but my talking point on that scene is, was he trying to kill Beavis? Or, or his was brother? Kill his brother. Right because on. his brother was down there on the, on the you know. I never thought of that that. Before, no. though. He, and he, that was in. dips out right before but he But you got to think, you know, that's what Bill Paxson might have been whispering in his ear, you know, finish the job. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Or you're going to have to kill your brother. Right. I think it's both because I think, in my opinion, it was after, he was going after Beavis because I, this is even talked about, I think, in, in uh, McConaughey's narration. If. It's got to be on the list. Fenton wasn't on the list. He was. On his Not dad's yet. No. Remember uh, his dad said No, the demon told him he wasn't on the list. Right. Because McConaughey says, if if you do it if before do he's form. on the list, it's murder. Yeah. So. It has to be justified, sent by an angel. Talking about, <laughs> I, I thought we were under the impression that Fenton was on Bill Paxton's list. But Bill Paxton was a non-believer. No. no, no he was not never a believer Because he, he never even got down to... To the bottom of that list. He's I'm like right saying it's speculative it. that he might have been on his dad's list and his dad wouldn't accept it. I wonder I, since... I see what you're saying. I wonder... I don't... I don't... That's not the way I view it. And I just wonder if just his dad's dying words to tell Adam that your brother's a demon. You're gonna I think honestly him. what both of you said, I think it's exactly what he said. Combine both things. That's what he told Adam. Right. Okay. Finish the job. You're going to have to kill your brother one day. Yes. I wonder if him telling him to finish the job. I wonder, since that wasn't on Adam's list, you know, that demon was on his dad's list. But is it justified? Adam was a C. <laughs> he seen where Fenton didn't. So I think it was the just the biological passing on. You right. Know, it was that inheritance. I think by that, okay. that was the validation. That. Okay. Right on. Okay. Okay. You're the man of the house now. Man, deep shit right there. That was a deep. That was a yeah. deep conversation. I, I like that. Oh, the, and, and but it's it was easy cool, to do you know, with this movie, man. Um, you know, when they're in the graveyard, obviously, you know, Fenton tells Adam, you know, he's like, if you know, whenever, if I'm ever a demon, and you promise, kill me, promise to bury me here. I swear to God, I'll bury you. <laughs> Which is like, wait a minute. Because at that point, I was like, oh, wow, that's a very powerful scene. And then I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Something's not right here. And immediately, we go right back to present time with McConaughey and Powers Booth coming through. And Powers Booth. Which they're at the graveyard now. They're at at the Rose Garden. Garden. And Powers Booth immediately says, well, hold up. That doesn't add up. Right. Which immediately, I'm like, oh, okay, good. This is, okay, I didn't miss, I didn't mess up something, you know? Yeah. Did I fucking hear right? <laughs> right. And I'm going to tell you, when people act like McConaughey was given a layup when he won the Oscar, uh, because he, I mean, let's face it, he he did took, he took up some hammy roles. Yeah. You know. Sure. But I'm going to say, watch this. All right? The, watch this. Watch A Time to Kill. Like you said. Yeah. We are Marshall. Even Ed TV, okay? I'm going to tell you, Ed TV... That is that is an intelligent movie that is smart. I really like that movie. It's well done. It's really well cast. Dude can act, all right? Oh yeah, definitely. And th- the reveal when he tells right. Agent Doyle 
He's like, well, it makes sense if the person standing in front of you is Adam Meeks. And you're just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, well done. Like, at this point, my head is spinning because, like, we've already just got hammered with two, like, shocks. Yeah. You know? And then now you're getting this, and this is like, what the hell? So we end up going back in time, and we start. We go back through each of these demons whenever Paxton would lay his hand yeah. upon, and we actually reveal the get the reveal that these were actually some legit bad people. Yeah. Did some horrible things. And Adam could see the vision. He shared the vision with and his father. And Adam did see mm-hmm. when he when he was saying that he, he always said, you I, know, I, I see, see that. I can see it, you know. And Fenton's just like, no, no. Quit lying. Right. Know? I'm not lying, I swear. <laughs> But He's actually telling the truth. <laughs> the the way this came about, I guess James Cameron, and this is probably the biggest reason why he got thanks in this movie, he gave Paxson the suggestion to not show these demons' crimes or wrongdoings until the end. Oh, yeah. And it would just make it more of a surprise to viewers. And, yep, sure was. Absolutely. It was It was beautiful. Beautiful storytelling, yeah. perfect timing. I mean, it's just like right when you, it's like it's like riding a f- a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. It's like right at that time when you're ready. It just it just takes you on this ride, and you're just like, oh my god, this is amazing. It's good payoff. It really is. <clears throat> it really is. But that's not even the last payoff. Yeah, that's right. We get more. There's more. Kids. And it's not like it's and it's not even like it's oversaturated. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're just. I mean, you're 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 a prize fighter in a boxing match right now, and you're just getting hit left and right with haymakers, uppercuts. I mean, you're just getting bombarded right now. You really are, <laughs> and you're loving every fucking oh, yeah. second of it. If you're a, you if see you, the genius immediately, it's like yeah. the puzzle pieces falling in place. And yes. Like, yeah. Yes. That's absolutely. Yep. And we end up finding that Agent Doyle murdered his mom. Yeah, yeah. And Adam, not Fenton, is there basically he's on a business call. That's right. Yep. From God. Which is sweet. Damn right. You know, because early in the movie they add a little bit of this, you know, like, is this a picture of your mother? You know, and yeah, I and appreciate you not touching my things. You would never pick you know, up on in, 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 in the, the car ride, you know. Again. Yeah. Yeah, so it played subtly throughout the movie. My mind calls back to those things. But but you never would have thought, you know, to be honest. Now, which, going back to Powers Booth's acting throughout this movie, if you go for a rewatch, you know, you see the sinisterness of Agent Wesley Doyle, you know, throughout this film. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, he's arrogant because he thinks he got away with murder, you know he he right. has done this, you know. Yeah, and, because he's um, been an agent for um, like right. around what twenty long, years or so, time. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, you can kind of. And scout it's good too, the, you know. Matthew McConaughey, you know, watch. reveals it, and you know, throughout the whole movie, things subtly are clicking. You know, he never wanted the agent to touch him. He didn't want you to know? shake his hand. He didn't want to shake his hand. He's him in the car. Yep. He, he never away. wanted him to touch him at all. And, but you don't think too much of it because they're like, man, get, get the fuck right. off me. Yeah, yeah. whatever. People you know? don't want to be yeah, know, people, fucking yeah. bothered and yeah. shit. You know? Exactly. Maybe he's got some kind of weird subtle. subtle. So subtle. It's great. Fantastic. It's, it's great. It really is. Um, but then he reveals it, you know, and he's like, bet you didn't think anybody knew that, did you? God, God saw. Yeah. yeah. 
That shit's and he, and, awesome. And I'm telling you, and that shot. And it, of and him, it drains Powers Booth, you know? It's like he just can't. Like, what catch did you his, do to me? Right. He's like, I can't, you know. It's like, like when uh, it's like and it's the end failure. Of, yeah, it's like at the end of the of the Crow movie where Brandon Lee gives all his uh, yeah his girlfriend's hours of pain and misery in the emergency room to that guy in one <laughs> felt swoop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, but that shot of McConaughey from basically what's Powers Boost's perspective standing there with the axe. I yeah, because he's shot. like you know I'm an agent. They're they're gonna know. He's like God will protect me. God will protect and me. He did. <laughs> and swung. Oh, it's, it's uh, great. Yeah. It's a great shot. It really is. Shot to the head. <laughs> but we end up finding out that, uh, wait, there's still more. We find out that no wonder the local sheriff was so forgiving earlier about an ambulance being stolen of someone's body. <laughs> and just as long as you bring it back, all's well. And, well, wouldn't you yeah, know it, sheriff. Adam Meeks is the goddamn sheriff. He is the sheriff. <laughs> And, and his old lady's the knocked up uh, and she's secretary pregnant too. So yeah. guess what? Police that station. lineage is going to keep on going yeah. on. At least I feel like that's what's that's absolutely what's implied. implied. You know. Oh yeah. What's really cool, you know, is the reveal of you know the next day, the next morning. Obviously, the FBI is looking for the agent. You know, He's right. looking for Doyle and Adam and, set it up to where it was his brother who was right. committing murders on purpose because right. he wanted to draw Adam to him. But it's weird because you know. It's revealed they're going through camera footage, and, and, it's all and the video is grainy at the face. You know, you never get a clear shot of him. And I'll Agent be damned, Hall he just can't, can't remember. remember what he yes. looks like for the life of me. I cannot remember. It's so good. God will protect him, I guess. God, it, it, and it's <laughs> like it's all unfolding before your eyes. I'm like, all this shit's true. Dad wasn't crazy, right? You know, there are demons out there. And I tell you, there's a handshake between McConaughey and Agent Hall. At the end, yeah. And he starts to pull away, and he he holds on. He's like, you're a good man, Agent yeah. Hall. <laughs> you're like, well, he'd know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at Did this you point, know? you're sold. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, you're like well, God, okay. God, the devil, God demons, exists. they yep. exist. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And fade to black, and right as we're fading to black, we see two boys on scooters. That's actually Jeremy Sumter and Matt O'Leary, by yep. the way, on the scooters yeah, that okay. are riding away. And that's our movies guy. And throughout this film, you know, an incredible score is playing. Yeah. You know, and it's pretty much almost the same somber tone it is. and everything. Yeah, you know, from the title sequence. It's very. This movie is very simple. It's kind of a Shawshank Redemption sound way. Theme. Yeah. With Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. You know, I really I agree do, with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's just it's awesome. Good. Yeah. And that's our movie, boys. Mm. Frailty, yeah. two thousand one. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add on, I mean. Are we? I'm I'm ready to wrap her up. Wrap that shit right, up, buddy. Yeah, I mean, this was one you guys introduced me to, and I didn't hesitate to watch it because we've established a pretty good rapport about knowing if one of us recommends a movie and like you got to watch it unless it's right. Troll well, Hunter. Well, no, like when I, I recommended Psycho Cop to you, <laughs> and you were like, "Man, that is so fucking awesome." Remember that? <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> I remember the uh, outcome being different. Of, well, I thought about it. You want to talk about polar opposite? <laughs> it was funny too because I introduced you because we were like, you should watch Frailty. It was man. right in the same and then, time. And then, like a week later, I was like, you should watch Psycho Cop too. That's a good fucking movie yeah. too. And King's like, all right, yeah, yeah. And he's what like, are you doing? what the fuck? Your credibility you was awesome, walk? and then it just shot shot yeah. to shit. As I recall, there was some debate after witnessing Psycho Cop about. <laughs> Is this ranking 
in the area of Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, we did discuss yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Oh, it's much better than Resurrection. It is. It is. <laughs> Psycho Cop is a definitely better movie than Resurrection. It is. I can't. I can't remember. I'd have to Let's, go back. I, I remember yeah, my ratings. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. But we'll talk about this later. Same wheelhouse. God damn it! I think <laughs> here it is. Uh, almost a year since we watched Psycho Cop. I mean, coming up on a year. We're we're getting there. We're Pretty close. close. We're on the back end of this this year, and. Uh, Nostalgically, that movie has a place for me better than what it did when we first viewed it. Oh, absolutely! So it's, it's, gro- it's, it's got a nostalgic, it's got a cult following amongst <laughs> us. Build, yeah. yeah. And it's actually streaming on Amazon right now, yeah, by right. the way. So. Psycho Cult. So if you all don't know what it is, check it out, and then yeah. go listen to our review of it because that's hilarious. <laughs> that's old school highway right there. Oh, yeah. But terrible for, intro. Yeah. Frailty. Back to frailty. What oh yeah, got? that's right. I'm. Uh, I'm going to call it a nine. Nine? Yeah. That's nine held since the first time I saw it to my Instant you know, most love. recent viewing. Yeah, and it doesn't ever... That That's a movie I can never, ever predict losing, you know, my heart. Yeah, that's a good one. Would you say that this is one of those movies that when you do a rewatch, even though there's so many reveals and you know oh. what's going to happen, does it lose any... No. I get new chills on the second watch. Awesome. Yeah, I agree yeah. on that. That's that's where all those callbacks, like I said, the Tarantino style mm-hmm. dialogue and things that you see that you didn't, that maybe you you reflected back on at the end and mm-hmm. remembered the photograph and the conversation about the mother at the police station. But at the time that you first viewed it, you didn't think any more of that than it's just a passing phrase. You weren't like locked into oh that's something I should remember because it may come back up later. Right. It wasn't one of those. It was so subtle it. You know, it took the rewatch to appreciate that. So, yeah. Okay. Well definitely said. a rewatchable movie and definitely going to hold it on in my book for a long time. You were genuinely shocked at toward this ending. For, for, for the yeah, ending of this yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gave me you know? instant chills. I was like, ooh, nice. I see yeah. what you did there and that was genius. And the whole time I'm wanting to see these reveals when they're happening and I'm not understanding why they're not showing them to me. And I'm like, if they don't pay this motherfucking shit off, I'm going to be pissed. And when they did, they paid it off in 10 out of 10 fashion. I mean, they couldn't have done better on the payoff of those reveals to me. Thank so. you, James Cameron. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good job. All right. And good uh, job not including him uh, in part two of Titanic, because I don't think that was <laughs> a good call. I was afraid that was the advice you were going to say James, James Cameron. Cameron gave him when you were talking about the advice James Cameron gave him. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to say... James Cameron advised him not to do Titanic 2, and, <laughs> and that paid off. Did James Cameron do two, uh, Titanic 2? No. no. Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> Just so we're clear, this is like a, a shitter low budget. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Below Psycho Cup. Like, I, Below Resurrection. Yeah. Ooh. I would dare say. I mean, I haven't even watched it. And there, honestly, there is a bit of a morbid curiosity there for me, but like, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> morbid enough that you know more about it than I do. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, it, just a little click here and read a couple of paragraphs, you get the Ooh, gist that, of it. It didn't interest me enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 9 out of 10 for Frailty from King the King. Of awesome. All right, Lord, what you got, man? All right, so... I, I was lucky, and I saw this movie when it first came out, um, and I'm very thankful that I've gotten all these years with this film, because I truly do enjoy it. It's one that has captivated me from the beginning. Matthew McConaughey kills it. 
he's an awesome narrator. And I think it doesn't it, you can put him in anything. He's almost he's almost up to Morgan Freeman status. Yeah. For narration, you know. I give you that. So, it's top notch. Yeah, it is. Um obviously you get another great actor actor like Powers Booth who portrays a very like I said arrogant, cocky killing FBI agent. <clears throat> which you never see coming. Yeah. Bill Paxton, okay, he just, this casting is phenomenal. And that's hard to do, you know? You rarely ever get to capture that kind of uh, connectivity that this movie delivers. Especially with the small the cast that it is. You right. Know, like you said, with as much screen time as you get. Yeah. yeah I, I can sometimes predict who could be a good recast for a remake of a movie. There's nothing that comes this to mind. This movie for better any not ever, ever, no. ever, ever get remade. There's and no I, don't, I doubt it. There's would. no reason to. Yeah. I doubt it would. But if it ever would come out, I, I would not watch it. I would probably. I, I would probably riot. Right. <laughs> Seriously. I hear you. Yeah. I cannot speculate anybody that could be cast better in any of these roles. Yeah. Just leave us alone, Hollywood. Yeah. Yes, please. Honestly, in in your mind, leave this forgotten. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that on top of the killer soundtrack that we get, all the twists and turns, that just keeps you on the edge of the seat the entire time. I know IMDb's got this rated at a seven point two out of ten. I think that is criminally underrated. And that's Sorry. a high score for IMDb. It is, and I really think that's, like I said, criminally criminally underrated. I don't believe in tens, perfect scores of films, but man, this one—it's about as close as it gets for me. You know, this is this is the movie. Are I you want telling to see. us you're never going to ring that bell? I will not ring the bell. It's not a perfect movie because there there's a few things like um, the adult um, Fenton. I it I don't know. I wish they would gotten more into that. He doesn't look anything like I would figure. Matthew McConaughey's brother would be and shit, you know. I I, I don't really like that casting, I guess per se, but he was a very small part and shit, which I think they should add a little bit more of that. Um, I just feel disappointed that you're never going to ring that bell. I I can't get past that. I I ring that bell like I go to the fridge at midnight on. There's always something wrong. There's always something wrong. I hear you, King. And honestly, I think we should start grading on a curve. Uh So a nine five for him is a ten. For us, that's an, an absolute that's, easy. There is, there's no such thing as a perfect fucking movie, dude. Hell I don't five. I mean, oh, you fuck. fucking liar. <laughs> I Even gave, you I gave, gave it a ten to nine. No, no, I gave that a ten to nine. You gave it a spiteful nine. Yeah, you gave it a no, <laughs> what spiteful firm. I know what I gave it. Firm. I'm just, I'm just, um, but I'm no. just saying. This movie, guys, nine point five. I mean, <laughs> this is what I want in a in a movie, especially yeah. one that's not so even like like horror and stuff you know? yeah this is great yeah yeah bill paxton i wish he would have done more really and dan Aykroyd. but yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well frailty from 2001 was written by brent hanley and this was really the only thing of note that he's got here for his uh his credits obviously directed by bill paxton rated r it was released april 12th 2002 but it debuted at the deep ellum film festival held in Dallas, Texas on November 17th, 2001. 
It has a runtime of an hour and 40 minutes on an estimated $11 million budget, and it only grossed about $17.4 million. It was a limited release, and yeah. again, and this is the, the this is obviously why this was a very kind of just forgotten and just skimmed over movie, you know. Mm. Um, uh, there, it. <laughs> it was never really under any other alternate titles, but the God, God's Hands was considered briefly. Uh, it is streaming on the Stars app if you have that, but you can rent or buy it on Amazon Prime for three ninety nine. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb, as you said, has this a 7.2 out of 10 with a meta score of 64, a Rotten Tomato score of 74%, and an audience score of 78. Hmm. I think part of the problem with this was the packaging. I mean, looking at it right now, you know, the poster for it, the, whatever the VHS box or whatever you want to call it, it does not call to you. It doesn't say, this is a movie I must see at all. I don't know if that's that's the... The number one problem. Or? I I hear you, but if, it if had you some know badass eighties art, but if you know from an age where that's important, I understand. But if you know what you know about this movie, it's perfect because what that cover yeah, is. Yeah, but you don't know what you know about this movie when you go to a video store and you're looking at boxes and you see this and you're like, oh. Well, I'm sorry, you see. And you hear Bill, the title "Frailty." What the fuck does that mean? Well, you see Bill Paxson's name at the top. You see Matthew McConaughey's name at the top. You see Roger Ebert giving it a thumbs oh, up. Oh, for the fucking love of God! Don't start <laughs> with your Roger that was on Ebert. That was bullshit. On that was on purpose. But then you get Stephen King's endorsement also. I don't know. To me, that cries out. Pay attention to me. Yeah, but if you don't look at far at the box when you just see the cover, you're... I wouldn't look at the names of who's in it. If it doesn't interest me, it doesn't I don't know. I'd look me. at it and be like, "Why well, kind of looks like? Is that Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, it is. Why? Well, what's this about? Oh, this kind of looks creepy. Let me pick it up and turn it around. All right, I'm right, renting well, this. You know, Guess what? One of my yeah. favorite movies. Uh, you're you're the snobby you know, <laughs> guy at the video store then that I'm like trying to look over your shoulder like, why is this guy looking at that so long? It's got shitty box art. Fuck that movie. <laughs> That's me. Nope, I rented this at Blockbuster. Well, I'm proud of you guys. Like back in the day, man. Hollywood video for me. <laughs> you, you guys made the right choice, and I didn't. Clearly, I'm giving you the win on that. I'm just saying because I see there's a reason. You I see it. it said Bill pa Bill Paxson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, and I was like, oh shit, sold. <laughs> Pretty no, much. I see your point, though. Okay. You're not wrong. I know what you're saying, but just wow. Where do I begin with this? I mean this this movie was something special. Uh, an amazing directorial debut from the late great Bill Paxton. Uh, absolutely hit a home run. Uh, honestly, more like a game-winning grand slam. Okay, he came at you as the double threat. The you know, directing, acting. Yeah. Uh, you know, the direction of this movie, the writing, the acting, the casting. I mean, it is all like you guys said. I mean, it is damn near perfect. Uh, I, I don't think you could have put, put together a better all-around ensemble that could top this. Uh, you get a ton of emotions and actions from Bill Paxson, his dad. You believe all of it. It's so genuine. Um, guys, we lost a great one way too soon. I'm sorry. I mean, oh, just Paxson was... I, honestly, and I feel like posthumously is now when he's starting to actually get this recognition. And I, I, I'm even guilty of that too because he's one of those guys I think we've taken for granted because he's sure. just been in so many good things. Talk and then... <laughs> yes, Titanic. Not two, just Titanic. <laughs> uh, sorry. No, it's no. But you you look back and you're like, oh my god, like man, he, he was really awesome. Matt O'Leary and Jeremy Sumter, they were great. 
as young Fenton and Adam. Again, their relationship and their bond with each other and with Bill Paxton is just genuine. McConaughey, he was superb. His narration was on point. And Powers Booth matches each moment step for step. He really does. Um, I really love the transitions that we get going from present day to back in Thurman in 79. I think they're pretty clever. Yeah, well done. It's not bad. It's very appealing. Yeah. At least to me it is. Um, the pacing, the delivery, the soundtrack from Emmy-nominated uh, composer Brian Tyler with this cast. It, like I said, this is a hidden gem from the early 2000s. Bill Paxton really tapped into his inner Alfred Hitchcock on this. Uh, this is a very dreamlike and at times nightmarish southern gothic tale. For, for a young kid, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just an absolute delight to watch this. And I'm with you, King. The rewatchability, it holds up and I think it adds. Oh my God, yeah. Sure. I think my appreciate. I already had like high admiration for this when I first saw it upon first viewing, and I think it's just grown since. It's such a good movie to like show new people to yeah um because when i i've shown this movie to like a bunch of different people me too and i always try to look at their face yeah i want to see that expression you know <laughs> yeah. i'm always looking for it man because i know the chills that i got when i first watched this film you know it's like shit Hell all yeah. right and i want to see the people's reactions you know so yeah. i was, was like that with titanic I was looking around at people's reactions in the theater. I was at a Goodwill. Because I knew what was going to happen next. <laughs> they're like, knew that ship was going to sink. <laughs> they're about to hit an iceberg, boys. Watch these people. They're going to freak out. <laughs> I was at a I'm Goodwill sorry. recently. and um, I've taken it too far. Looking at the VHS section, and somebody had somebody, there was a copy of Frailty there, and I already own a copy. But somebody else was there looking at VHSs, and I recommended that to her. Mm. And... She was like, oh, hell yeah, cool. And she grabbed it up. and She so. put Titanic back and picked it up. Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. Well, first it's lighter, and it's better. It is a little lighter. <laughs> I love how this movie makes you guess. It's not really a whodunit, but like I said, you don't know what's really happening, what's not happening, what's real, what's imagined, and who is really who. No. Um, it, it's movies like this that remind me why I fell in love with cinema in the first place. You would be really hard-pressed to find many flaws or shortcomings in this movie, and yeah. if you did, be, you'd be nitpicking. It connects all the dots. It leaves no stone unturned, in my opinion. There's no hidden meaning. You're not insulted by the storytelling. It's all right there, laid out in front of you, just yeah. like a buffet. This happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time, and in my opinion, this is a modern masterpiece. This is a 10 out of 10. Ring that bell. There it is. I I love this movie. This movie just blows me away. And it's, like I said, I think it is the only movie I can genuinely say with as many twists and turns we get throughout this story and just like, what the hell? The rewatchability it doesn't it doesn't diminish it at Absolutely. all. Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, I think it's one of the few movies where it actually enhances. It mm -hmm. makes the movie better because then you have this, you have the appreciation for McConaughey backing away from getting you know put into the cop car, not shaking Powers Booth's hands. Just it, oh, the intricate details that was just paid attention to in this. It's just oh, God, it's phenomenal. I think this is on my Desert Island movie list, dude. For real. Oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. 
It's definitely is it top five. It's top ten for sure. I don't right. know if it's top five. It is absolutely top ten, no doubt. Yeah. I like it a lot. I'm not as high as you guys, but I I like it a lot. Well, it, nine is high. It came, yeah, it came. And it's not a spiteful nine. No, no, no. There's no spite for it. Yeah, it, room for it came in a, a stretch of movies I'd watched that I thought, oh, these are okay, these are okay, and bam, you hit me with that, and I'm like, is this better that's than, is what this, a good movie is. is. This now I movie remember. better than Halloween Five in your nine yes. spectrum. All right. <laughs> Yes, we got yes. that. Out. Yes, Halloween Five was a spiteful nine. I admit that it was an eight. That's the absolute best day of my life when I watched it. The day that I watched it and loved it the most, it was an eight. I still hold a place in my heart for that day that I called it an eight. Fair enough. Do you have right. a special place in your heart the day you called it a nine? Heart? Yeah, I do. Firm. I do. Fucking right, I do. I remember. Oh, I, I did that for all the. Non-believers and the, and the fans of Halloween Five, man, because I'm with them. Good on you. I just recognize that you're they're wrong, up. and we're all wrong about it if we like it. But you're standing up for Halloween Five lover the nation. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm the advocate. I'm out here playing their song. There you go. <laughs> all right. Because I too want. But he'll but he'll okay. sing the song of frailty over uh, Halloween Five, no. which counts. It's pressured, yeah. All right. Yeah, we painted. You put me on the spot. You definitely painted me in the corner. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, don't. Don't you be sorry, because I'm not. (laughs) He's not sorry. No, he's not sorry. He is. what this shit's for, man. He's got a receipt on me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hitchhikers. This concludes our review of Frailty from 2001. We hope you all enjoyed our in depth analysis of this lesser known psychological modern classic. Find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast and be on the lookout for new announcements and updates. Make sure you also visit the King Art Facebook page that is linked to the Nostalgia Highway page where you can find a wide variety of incredible artwork from the King himself. Oh yeah. New shit coming all the time. I haven't drawn Titanic yet. You can also email the show at NostalgiaHighwayPodcast at gmail.com and we're on Twitter. Our username is at HighwayNHP. So there's all kinds of ways you can reach us. So if you have any questions or anything you want to bring to our attention, we'd love to hear from you. So this review closes out the month of November. So, you better watch out. What do you mean? You better not cry. Oh, I've been good this year. You better tune in to Nostalgia Highway's Yuletide Slasher theme for the month of December. Oh, man. Stay tuned for what we're going to review, because we're going to keep that. Shh. A secret. (laughs) Is Santa Claus coming to town? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe somebody dressed up as Santa Claus is coming to town. We'll find out. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, so on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logson, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll catch you out next time, out on the highway. Paxton tapped into his inner Alfred Hitchcock on this. Um, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always catch Hitchcock. that shit from him. <laughs>
All right. Remember that time he said, you're somebody? <laughs> Remember that time he said, Samhain? Yeah. Sal- Sal- How do you say it? Samhain. Samhain. That sounds like a soup. Samhain. Samhain soup. Samhain stew. All right. He admitted to me tonight he's wrong about that. Yeah, fucking ain't right. Sam Hang, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't tell you how to live your life. I just tell you how you should live your life. <laughs> Quote That's the king, true. nevermore. 